Welcome to The Generous Hustle, a podcast. I'm Travis Percy, a generous hustler and creative crooner from business to tech to the creative stage and beyond. Our culture celebrates the influencers who have arrived, but what about the generous influencers? They're redefining success in the new generations on the rise. The Generous Hustle is leading and living with ambition, intention, and compassion. Your journey to connecting with the stories, methods, and motives of world-class generous influencers starts now. Travel to any major city in the U.S., across the world, and you'll see people striving, hustling, and many just getting by. But there's one special thread, one very, very special thread. It unites us all, me and you both. In every city, anywhere we live, there's an ego trip. And every person, we each have an ego. This is a show about tackling what is fundamental to our human nature. To harness it and then transform it into something that will radically transform our lives, our work, the world. Hey. This is Travis Percy, and you're listening to the first episode of The Generous Hustle. You hear generosity, and maybe you think of charity. You think of nonprofits. You think of billionaire and billionaire donations from the likings of Gates and Buffett and Winfrey. You think of the pat on the back, do good work. that doesn't really pay your bills. Maybe you do it on weekends or the holidays. That's all nice, but this show isn't about that. That sort of limited generosity has its place, and I'm here to say it can take a rest. I'm here to talk with a few friends and some associates and some other folks I've met along the way about a totally different theme. Over this season... I weave a tapestry with the threads of inspiring stories, methods, and motives of generous hustlers. What's in it for you? Tools, tips, and tactics for a more abundant life and career. An occasional laugh and bundles of knowledge in an accessible form. Let me tell you, I read a ton of books, and I've been looking for a place to share all the stuff I have swimming in my head. To share all the stuff I've been writing down and keeping in my archives and journals and journals worth and of, of stuff, just stuff. I've done the heavy lifting and put the ideas in plain form and stories just for you. Since the dawn of ages, cities, just kidding, this isn't this is the film, but to the point of cities, <laughs> Cities and ego trips, they do go hand in hand together. They jive to this common tune. I lived in New York for a couple summers. And if you've ever been to New York, you realize 
It's a place where you never feel like you have enough. Enough money, enough status, enough credentials. Everyone's hustling, and the measuring step is your job title, where you went to school, and how much money you make. Identity. Go to Boston, Mass, and there are people there who are headstrong, book smart. Intellect is king. Identity. Travel to Washington, D.C. in credentials. Who you know, how you articulate your vision of a better world. <laughs> that matters a ton. You have diplomats, political junkies, business people. You name them. Identity. Go to San Francisco and you'll find a team of programmers and product visionaries and budding technocrats playing God. They have this great idea for the next IT company. Identity. Travel to my home city, Los Angeles, and you meet lots of pretty people. They identify with how they look, with chiseled physiques and Coke bottle figures, bleached white teeth, and flawless skin for some. Their looks are the linchpins of who they are. Identity. Are they generalizations? Sure. But there's truth in generality. And yeah, there are exceptions. I have a bunch of friends and exes and people I've crossed paths with in each city who are the exception to that standard, even if just a little bit. But it's this idea that we tend to identify with these things that don't really define us, that don't really bring meaning to our lives. It's a spoke and mirrors identity game, a joust with the ego. In the words of the great spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle, and all these things aren't bad now, let me tell you. I like a nice thing or two. I like to look my best and have enough money to go around and share with somebody in need. I'm here for an abundant life and some more. 360 degrees. With the material, with the social, with the professional, and more. But the way we've gone about defining that in the self-help space so far, the way we've gone about defining it in the professional space so far the way we've gone about defining it in this media age so far has run its course I'm at a point where I'm tired tired so tired of hearing people identify <laughs> with these smoke and mirrors identifiers ego is in identifying too strongly with anything that means the world to us, so we think, but can be taken from us in an instant, yanked from under us like a carpet. And when it's taken from us, we have to redefine who we are and what we stand for and rebuild from there. Titles, looks, education, pedigree and degree, net worth, you name it. We all have our vices. I have mine. Be it appearance, intellect, status. I've wrestled with those and I still wrestle with those because I like nice things. 
but ego, it's confusing who we are with how we identify. We aren't those identities. Well, then what are we? Sitting at one of my favorite coffee shops in West Hollywood a couple weeks ago in Los Angeles. It was New Year's Eve, and I wanted to bring in the morning of that day just right before I got down to having fun with special people in special places. I came across a famous Hollywood film director and producer, and I won't say his name. I'll just say that he produced a film that may or may not have been about a former president's first date with his college sweetheart. And it did pretty well in the box offices. And me and this producer, we hit it off because we agreed on something fundamental about the nature of this social media age in which we live, this funky time. <laughs> what a time to be a millennial, a Gen Z or of somebody in one of the generations before looking at us trying to figure out ourselves man it is hard sometimes it just feels freaking impossible to navigate and see clearly through the fog we are a part I am a part of one of the most narcissistic generations ever millennials chinzeers maybe you are too 80% of social media users, they devote their efforts to talking about themselves. That means selfies, self-promotion. Only 20% actually say something to inform somebody, not about themselves, but about something else that matters. 20%. Childhood and teen depression rates have gone through the roof. People are more connected through ad-heavy, money-hungry media platforms than ever, and less connected in real life than ever. Some 45% of working people admit to feeling lonely and socially isolated, according to countless studies. And more than a quarter of the U.S. population admits they don't have a close friend to talk to when life just isn't going right. They get sad. They're looking for advice and they're trying to find which way to go. And it's hard to see which way is up. You and me both. We're warring internally with this pesky beast called the ego. And yes, this show, The Generous Hustle, is as much about conquering the ego as it is about doing work that matters for people that care work that matters for people that care in the words of Seth Godin marketing guru and pithy communicator work that matters for people that care generosity is quieting the ego long enough consistent enough to be a conduit for service Doing work that matters for people that care. We 
Humans, we're wired for generosity. Yeah, each and every one of us. But when we operate by the ego instead of by design, we're eating a bunch of potato chips, expecting to feel full. I ate the whole bag, the whole bag of chips, and now I feel so full, said nobody ever. And the same goes when we hustle with these egoic aims. We become demagogue presidents that pick the job for all the wrong reasons. We buy a whole bunch of stuff we don't need because we think it will make us better, more attractive, more socially accepted. And generosity counts. A research study took two separate groups, gave them $20 to spend over four weeks, and then they had the people come back and report their happiness and contentment and life fulfillment levels after that period. One group spent the money on themselves. The other group spent it on somebody else. Those who spent it on other people reported feeling way more content way more content and we live in a time where 80% of social media users now devote social media to I, me, 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 me where are the informers where are the givers Eagle's trying to hit the high note like Whitney after her voice dropped Ego is trying to dance like we're at our career prime. Pumping our bodies with propothal when our bodies are telling us to slow down and accept that what was no longer is. As the late, great Michael Jackson showed us. So generosity is as much about bringing something special to the world as it is about being kind to ourselves. Okay, okay. I have a radical confession to make. I've been like my MJ before. I'm propothal. Trying to do what I used to do when I couldn't do it. Trying to identify with those things that weren't me flashback to the summer of 2017 I found myself (laughs) on the 27th floor of a financial behemoth office no AC I was wearing a suit and tie in case the manager stopped by (laughs) and I was picking out my poor little fuzzy eyebrows with a furrowed brow trying to decide how how in the world I'd finish all the work I had to do in so little time no time for friends no time for family no time for purpose no time to be present no time for joy no time to do anything of value 
to me. But I was making good money. You see, as a summer intern, I was prorated at that 85K salary per year. I had all the money I needed to go back to school and pay for some tuition and save the rest and go through my senior year of college like a king. Living it up. But it just wasn't right for me. I was doing it because that job. Because I wanted to please somebody. I wanted to prove to the world that I could be that poised and polished black guy who made it on Wall Street. I thought that would say something about how smart I was. How successful I was. Whatever that nebulous, distant planet of a term means. I really wanted to say something to somebody whose opinion of me mattered to me. Ever been there? My parents, my classmates, friends, the world. But sitting on that 27th floor, sweating bullets through my suit, through the starched white shirt and the t-shirt underneath. My perspiration matched my lack of inspiration in that time and space. And something had to shift fundamentally for me to move forward and regain my purpose. Because I looked at the people who were two to five years, five to eight years, eight to 12 years, 12 to 15 years, 15 to 20 years out from where I could be in that industry. And some of the others not too far removed in management consulting in other places. And I thought, my God, I don't want to be like any of them. I don't admire any of them. In a pit, like a barbed cannonball burrowed deeper and deeper into my gut as I reflected on how it would feel to follow rules really well and stand in line to wait my turn to do something that was out of alignment with who I knew myself to be, what I knew myself to stand for on the basis of values. And what I knew myself to be truly gifted at. I was an all right analyst on Wall Street. But I knew there was something better. I knew that it required getting quiet and clear about how I wanted to identify. And what identities I needed to distance myself from in order to do just that, that clarifying work, that gratifying work, that satisfying work. Teamwork makes the dream work. No, but for real, for real, let me tell you the truth. (laughs) It seriously does. I know it sounds corny, but stick with me. 
In the 1970s and 80s, two young film producers helped each other catapult to new heights. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. They had (laughs) friendship goals, really. What I like to call friendship goals. They lifted each other on each other's shoulders. Spielberg, I imagine he might have called up Lucas one day and said, hey man, I'm working on this new film. I think I'll call it E.T. E.T. Extraterrestrial for short or long. Can you give me some feedback on it? I need your input, man. And then I imagine sometime later or earlier actually Lucas called up Spielberg and said Hey Spielberg I'm working on a new film called Star Wars and I just want to run the idea by you. I don't think it's a very good idea. I know it's way out there. Who would ever buy into a plot about some people in a far off galaxy. But I just want to hear your thoughts on it. I imagine the two friends they validated each other. They gave to each other. They made each other better artists. More generous people. More inspired people. And I imagined it took a lot of unconventional thinking to do what those two guys did. They said no thanks to the rat race of keeping up with the Joneses. They said no thanks to zero-sum economics. They said no, 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 no thanks to the idea that my success comes at the expense of yours and vice versa. In those moments of doubt and disbelief, Spielberg reminded Lucas and Lucas reminded Spielberg that their strange and unusual ideas could become iconic cultural transformers. They served each other. It made sense to stay in the game no matter how tough it got. E.T. went on to surpass Star Wars as the highest grossing film of all time in 1983. $619 million in the box office. And the first Star Wars made $250 million worldwide. Not bad, Lucas. Not bad. Not bad at all. generous hustlers thank you for tuning into today's episode be sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast if you value generosity if you value compassion and follow travis percy on instagram linkedin and facebook to stay connected with great stories and people